0: Tanya J. Powers for Fox News Radio, and today I'm spending a few moments with Deidre Pujols and Stacy Jewell. I want to welcome both of you into the studio today. Thank you. Thank, Thank, you. Thank you for having us. Deidre, I'm sure a lot of people are going to recognize your last name in a heartbeat. Yeah. Of course, you are Albert's wife. Yes. And you have a lot going on. Uh, Stacey Stacy. I want to thank you for being here to tell your story. We're talking about strikeout slavery, which is something that I know Major League Baseball is involved in. You personally, Deidre, are involved in this. Kind of give me an overview of what strikeout slavery is about.
1: Um, well, my husband's been in baseball for nearly 20 years now. So um, we have a good relationship with just the baseball family and the community in general. And uh, a couple of years ago, I started this kind of global tour and education about human trafficking. And at some point, I came back trying to ask myself, what could I do about it? You know, I already have another organization that celebrates people with Down syndrome and some work we do in the Dominican Republic. So this was kind of outside my, my typical space. But I definitely could not unsee and unlearn anything that I just said experienced. So for me, I felt like we needed to be able to present this issue to Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. And that's where it started. Um, but because of the nature of the issue. It's not always easy to d- discuss. I um, We shared with Major League Baseball, but I ultimately took it back and s- the idea to set up an event at the Angel Stadium where Albert plays and to create an environment in the stadium where we could help teach our community about the issues of human trafficking and how to keep our community safe. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how, um, obviously the picture is much bigger, but I'm trying to to give you the the shorter version but so we have started strike out slavery we had our first uh, event last year we had a family festival inside the ballpark during the game and then afterwards we actually had um Nick Jonas come yep. and do a concert for our mm-hmm. um for our fans and uh it was a big hit it people enjoyed um learning they enjoyed obviously the the concert and the game um and it was a very safe place but also a very uh, powerful platform to start educating our community. So
0: that's kind of what happened. Human trafficking is one of those subjects that people, they maybe know a little bit about, but I don't know if they know the whole scope and how huge this is. Yeah, Uh, The numbers are staggering. Yeah.
1: Well, that's the reason why I went to Major League Baseball, because, you know, baseball is like no other sport in the world. You pack millions of people. In stadiums across this nation, for 162 games a year, we have things like the All Star Game and the World Series where a lot of this um, trafficking happens, you know, and this business happens. So it's not a lot of people have this mentality that it it's an inner it's an international problem. It happens in places like Cambodia or India right. or whatever. But no, it it actually happens here in our backyards. So strikeout slavery is um, just it's really a prevention and education. Um, initiative that we're trying to use through baseball and it's important just socially you know our responsibility to do this so when we met with major league baseball um they understood that obviously it was an issue but i think a big part of it is how do you dialogue in a family friendly atmosphere Mm -hmm. so with strikeout slavery we're giving them an opportunity you know really to do that
0: stacy i want to talk to you for a minute Mm -hmm. your story Um, is amazing you are actually abducted off the street Yes. When you were 19.
2: When I was 19 years old, yes. Um, I was actually uh, raised in the Washington, D.C. area, and um, I was a 3.5 GPA student headed to Lancaster Bible College, you know, Mm -hmm. a young mother at the time. My son was about one years old, um, and I was co-parenting, so I would watch my son during the day and drop my son off in the evening. Um, And so one evening, I was actually walking down the street. It was around 9.30 at night, and um, I was offered a ride by a 70-year-old gentleman, um, because I was being followed by a few young men. You know, when you're a young woman, it's kind of like the worst nightmare for young women walking down the street by themselves and see a group of young men. And uh, this 70-year-old gentleman pulled up and offered me a ride, asked me, was I safe? You know, did I feel unsafe? Did I need a ride to the station? And, you know, being 19 years old, I felt like, you know, I, I was superwoman at the time. And I thought, well, he seems like a less threat. And I took the ride from the Gentleman, um, and unfortunately, he had been paid by traffickers uh, to pick up young girls who feel safe getting in his car. Wow. Um, and so about a block away from the subway, when I thought that the, he was taking me to my destination, um, he pulled over and, and jumped out of the car. A trafficker jumped in the front seat and another trafficker jumped in the back seat and they held me at gunpoint at that time. Um, and they let me know exactly what was happening to me. They uh, told me that I, they knew my address. They, they knew where I, I dropped off my child, even though they didn't know the sex of my child. They had been following me and, and several other girls at the same bus stop, waiting for an opportunity time, um, which is what they still do to this day and they immediately abducted me from Washington DC to New York City.
0: That is just that is a breathtaking story. <laughs> it is <laughs> I mean as as a mom, I can't imagine this happening to my child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine this happening to me. You were 19.
2: Yes, I was 19 years old, but even when I got um, to New York City, a lot of the young uh, girls and other victims were 12, 13, 14 years old. Right. Um, and that's why this initiative is so important to me, Strike Out Slavery. You know, I was a baseball fan, you know, prior to my victimization, and um, I was a baseball fan, mm-hmm. you know, after surviving my victimization. And I think in a stadium where you have children and and their parents together and where children feel safe because they're with their family mm-hmm. and parents, you know, have an environment where uh, they can teach and learn about human trafficking Um In a gentle, family-friendly way, I think it's so critical and important because there are survivors that are possibly potentially in these stadiums, um, and there are those who may actually be suffering through this. And it's also good for us to be able to see that, you know, someone cares. People like the pool halls care and uh, Major League Baseball and the Nats and and the Angels. So I'm I'm really thankful to, to add my voice to this and to be a part of it.
0: How long was it before you could tell this story?
2: It was about 10 years uh, before I can really officially tell this story. I have a poem called 10 Years in One Day, um, and it's specifically about my story of trafficking and the courage that it took to get to this point of being able to go public. Um, But I had a chance to really develop and and grow and to heal before I went public, which I thought was very important.
0: How long were you a victim of this before you managed to get away from them?
2: So I was in uh, this uh, particular criminal activity and lifestyle, which it becomes for about a year and a half. Um, there's a lot of uh, brainwashing and manipulation and fear tactics. I have a play called Seven Layers Captive that I premiered at the Kennedy Center, which talks about all of these levels of things from fear to isolation to the shame and guilt and the eventual adaption into um, this, this area of captivity, which happens all the time, all across the country in every state um, and, and around the world.
0: And, and uh, Deidre, I want to talk to you about it because you mentioned that and Stacy just mentioned this again, the fact that this happens here. Mm-hmm. This is not just, you know, when we like you said, we think of this and we think, oh, you know, movies about foreign countries and, and things yeah. like that. And and I'm assuming that when people, when children uh, are, are abducted or taken into human trafficking, uh, they don't just go from D.C. to New York. Yeah. They go a lot further than that sometimes.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's so many different ways. I think the gentleman said there's like 24 different kinds of trafficking yesterday when we were on, uh-huh. uh, on at the press conference. And um, the idea with Strikeout Slavery is that Strikeout Slavery really was an opportunity to use the sports platform to create an alliance amongst all of the different groups who are trying to combat this issue and um, do something about it. So uh, we have 11 global partners, which means – pretty much th- through the uh, relationships that, that I have with these organizations have several countries that we cover trying to help in this issue, but we, but most of them are also based in the United States. Mm-hmm. But this is just 11 of many uh, organizations that are trying to exist to do something, you know, to, to walk alongside this issue. And um, I feel like when you get to a baseball stadium and you give the fans an, an opportunity to interact oftentimes you're still gonna hear people say, I didn't know this happened here. Like I didn't you know. And yeah. so even last year we had several of those comments. It's happening here and like in Orange County is where I was where I live. But having Stacy on on our alliance is so critical because she really represents a population of people um, that she can do it well, one, but also just making sure that strikeout slavery is um, representing the survivor uh population well, you know we there's a survivor movement that is happening, and we want to be on we want to be available to be on their side as well. So the alliance consists of ngos. It, it consists of um governments, law enforcement, community, now sports, now Nick Jonas. I mean, it's kind of all these groups of people who are coming together just to kind of be a part of America's pastime, but also saying, hey, we want to help you guys learn something that's going on. Because like she's telling her story, that happens one way. But you oftentimes hear stories of like, like boyfriend setups. Well, somebody's really tricking a young lady into thinking they love her. And then eventually they're starting to ask her to do favors for them, which ends up becoming um, trafficking at some level. Wow. So um, that's why this is an this is, um, initiative that I started. So that we can help teach people... What is going on and how it is happening, and the way that I always describe it is: if I'm on the starting line with the bad guy, whoever reaches the person at the finish line is going to be is going to win because if I can get to her or him first, I can teach them, give them, and put a seed on the inside of them. So that by the time the bad guy you know makes it to them, they're already going to be like they're going to see signs, you mm-hmm. know, and they'll have a conviction about it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm this has gotten really good been received really well within the communities, especially amongst the organizations that are really fighting, giving them a platform to say, hey, here's another group of people that we can help to educate. You and, mentioned
0: that uh, these
1: are, this is not just little girls, that
0: get taken off the street no. these are boys mm-hmm. as well of all ages mm-hmm. I'm sure mm-hmm.
2: any vulnerable population you know and mm-hmm. our youth are the most vulnerable population you have a lot of youth that are in foster care you have homeless teens you have mm-hmm. those who are looking for meals and shelter and these predators know and recognize these vulnerabilities um, even though my story is very different where it was you know by force in such a way uh, a lot of these traffickers they pray against our, our children's vulnerabilities they look Look at school districts. They look at you know uh, to foster care homes and group homes and uh, you know like the Covenant House and and anywhere that there are shelters and things like that. And it's not targeting any specific particular homeless shelter. It's just that traffickers know that if there are no parents, if Mm -hmm. there are no adults, there's no covering in these vulnerable youth's lives, then they have the opportunity to come and exploit those vulnerabilities. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Whatever happened to the guy that picked you up?
2: So he was arrested, um, but he was not arrested for trafficking. He was arrested for murder because there's a lot of other crimes that actually come along in these underground circuits. And so at that time, for me, it was 17 years ago and they weren't talking about trafficking. Mm -hmm. They weren't looking at trafficking even as a crime in that way. Mm -hmm. A lot of times just the the victims were criminalized and, uh, you know, jailed for prostitution. Even a lot of youth were thrown into juvenile detention centers for prostitution instead of being looked at as as victims. And so we have a lot of initiatives that are happening all around the country where states are, are stepping up and saying, no, these children should not be criminalized. And so I'm very thankful for states like California and a few other states who have said, okay, we're taking away, you know, the criminalization so that our children are not locked up when they're being victimized by adults, but we still have a long way to go mm-hmm. as we teach, and that's why these initiatives like Strike Out Slavery are so important, because when parents and the community get involved, then so much more can take place in that state and in that community uh, against this crime.
0: What, for people who are listening to this and they're saying, well, you know, I, I don't have kids, I don't have teenagers, I don't have to worry about this. Actually, this is this is on everybody. What do people look for? What what we weird behavior. Is there something that you should look for as a bystander and go, you know, that's that doesn't seem quite right?
1: Well, I think um, strikeout slavery is giving people an opportunity to get educated the same way that I was when I went out and began relationships as well in D.C. and around the country with organizations. So like if strikeout, if anybody would go to like strikeoutslavery.com, they could see all of the 11 um, groups that that are on our alliance, Mm -hmm. um, and each group is doing something different. So oftentimes you'll find, I I kind of give the example, like if you have, um, perhaps you're a person who's maybe not married or even have kids, that's one scenario, but perhaps you're a family, um, living in the suburbs, everything's great. And you don't feel connected to this issue at all. Um, and what could you do? Because oftentimes I feel like people are like, what? well, okay, well, that's terrible what's going on, but how am I related to it and what could I do? Mm-hmm. That's the part where I said, well, find out what is going on. Educate yourself more. And then whatever it is, if it's your gift, your time, your talents. Um, one of the things I did after coming back from this kind of global you know, um, education, mm-hmm. I started another organization called Open Gate International. So what, what I decided and what I felt was missing was, you know, you have a lot of rescue happening. You have a lot of rehabilitation and restoration mm-hmm. going on for a person who's been through this situation. But then trying to put that person back into our just a sustainable life, uh, a functioning life every day is is not easy. And so I created this organization where we take vulnerable populations in and we equip them with the with the trade in culinary arts, and we give them jobs. So it. The initiative happened because I belong in the baseball family, but we. I also felt like I needed to do something as well to to take these populations off the street. So people who are coming out of prison, um, homeless people, at-risk youth, foster care uh, kids who have aged out, and we've we've started to develop vocational programs to put them, train them, equip them, and then put them into jobs, as well as helping continue like the character building and the life skills portion of it, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of trauma that happens. And that's why it takes Stacy ten years to, or took her ten years, to get at a place where even she could share her story because there's a lot of trauma on the inside. So we we help walk alongside people like that, and um, of course, it is happening globally. Um, My organization is set up in several different countries for the exact same thing: keeping, especially young women and boys, out of the exploitive world you know Mm -hmm. and putting them into a trade where they can get jobs and stay safe
2: how's your son my son. Oh, my son is amazing. He's <laughs> great. My son, um, I have my son who is 19 years old now. Wow. Yeah, he's, he's a... he <laughs> grow up fast, don't yeah, they? Yeah, <laughs> they grow up super, super fast. I wasn't ready, but, you know, I'm very proud of him, you know, and he's budding in his actual career right now. Um, and he was a ballet dancer. He is a ballet dancer, and wow. um, I have a soon-to-be-adopted daughter who is also a survivor of human trafficking Wow, um, that I met and, and started mentoring at age 13. So my family is equipped and they support me. They are actually my biggest support. Mm -hmm. My son comes with me to events and speaks with me as well. So I'm really excited to be together. We were reunited. Um, after I escaped uh, my trafficking situation, um, within a year and a half, and but I, I got full custody of him when he was 13 years old, and and we've been uh, thick as thieves since. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> then, I love that. Um, but I did want to answer of one of the questions as far as small signs that you know mm-hmm. people can look for, um, because you you know the signs are all around you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know if you don't have children, if, first let me start off. If you do have children, right, their patterns, their activities, their mm-hmm. social media, critical for you to pay attention Mm to because traffickers are paying attention to uh, where they're going, the location buttons that they're hitting, right, connecting to them through video games. And, you know, there are a lot of ways for strangers to connect to your children now because of the Internet. Mm -hmm. So monitoring these things are extremely important. Um, you know any place where you may notice that there's a lot of prostitution activity you know there will absolutely be trafficking sex trafficking in these environments because so many of what is what are labeled as prostitutes are victims so paying attention to these kind of arenas and that's why you have a 1-800 number as well um, that's done by Players Project it's the national hotline the number is 1-888-3737 888 and if you see prostitution activity or any kind of activity where you see maybe young people going in and out of houses, a lot of drug activity, things like that, you want to call this hotline and say, you know, this is what I've noticed, and they will register it. They will let you know if it's a hotbed. They will uh, take that information and then be be able to gather and then be able to send someone out. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also where there are homeless youth or homeless teens, uh, these are areas that are vulnerable. So you want to look at truancy. You want to look at uh, are they coming to school? Are there are there are a lot of absences in the schools? You know, you also want to look at the missing persons list. You know, when you, the National Center of Missing Exploited Children looking at missing children in your neighborhood, in your community, and at your schools very critical because a lot of times the missing children, they might be right around the corner. They might be right in the next state you know, being forced into prostitution. They look very different. They'll be, you know, makeup and hair and they'll change the identity of that, that young person. So, you know, paying attention to that is really critical too. These are just some of the signs, but Strike Out Slavery is doing a great job of bringing all of these NGOs together. And they have so many facts for parents and, 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 and teachers and anyone who's working with youth and vulnerable po- populations to learn the different facets of how to pay attention and, and, and how uh, to to raise awareness about
0: it. That is fantastic information. I, Stacy, I can't thank you enough for telling us your mm-hmm. story today. Thank you so it much. It is very powerful, and uh, I, I can't be the only one that has the reaction to just want to give you a hug whenever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and sure I love this hugs, so it's before. not a problem. <laughs> but but it, it's, it's amazing that you can, that you sit here and you can tell us this kind of stuff, and then tell other people, hey, watch out for this. This mm-hmm. is how you keep your kids safe, for the people in your neighborhood safe. So thank you for, for telling us your story today. I really appreciate that. Uh, Didra, keep up the good work. Thank
1: you. This, this, <laughs> yeah. is,
0: uh, this is an amazing thing, and I'm really glad you guys came to today to tell us about Strikeout Slavery. And the, the website, they can just go there and get a lot more information.
1: Yeah, and um, I mean, the most important part is August 23rd, we're going to have Strikeout Slavery in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have our family festival, we'll have the game, and of course, Nick Jonas... Uh, we'll come and perform our concert there. And then on September 15th in Anaheim, we'll have our second strikeout slavery for, for the fans. Are these going to
0: expand to other uh, ballparks soon? Yeah, or? yeah. We yeah. have
1: we have hopes for more Good. ballparks next year and Good. going into other sports, hopefully.
0: That's awesome. Thank you for coming to spend a few moments with us today. Thank Arden. you for having us. I appreciate both of you. Thank, Thank you, you so, you so much. much. I'm Tanya J. Powers. This is Fox News Radio.